Today on The Topping Show, Bud Light YouTube video guest less than 200 views. Vivek goes viral for highlighting that Mitt Romney would say he would vote for anyone except for Trump or Vivek. Chris Christie claims Trump is, quote, intolerant of everyone, unquote. Assassin's Creed video game inserts pop-up ads midway through the video game and the fans revolt. The Dodge Ram 1500 to kill their V8. Black Friday's shopping data shows that sales may be up a little bit. And scientists to recall about 32,000 Jeep Wrangler hybrids. All of that and much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder release twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's your joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. We're also trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of November. So if you could click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Black Friday sales increased 2.5% compared to the same fiscal period last year. This according to MasterCard. Now, this comes to us thanks to an article over in Reuters. Now, the big disclaimer that, of course, not to say they buried the lead, but it's, a couple, it's of course, not the main headline because it doesn't sound as cool. Well, that does not include inflation, which, again... That's one of the biggest issues that every American with a modicum of intelligence or sensibility is facing right now is ridiculous inflation across darn near every product we buy, unfortunately, partially because of the ineptitudes of our government printing more money than had been, ever been printed before. The government runs as probably as effectively as I can speak, pun moderately intended. Though, if you click subscribe, it may cure my stuttering and speaking ineptitudes, perhaps. I'm not a doctor, disclaimer. However, it could perhaps help. Just saying, can't hurt to try. Now. Again, this is according to Spending Pulse over on via MasterCard, saying it went over 2.5% year over year. It also excluded automotive sales, which that industry has slowed down a little bit because of the very high interest rates. But also, I mean, the price of vehicles, I believe it is Ford, their five-year trend for MSRP, and again, cars are selling above MSRP. I mean, it's up 42%. Some cars are up 50%. So their MSR, the average of their MSRP for their the average MSRP for their fleet of vehicles, it's increased that much, which again is unprecedented. Now, they also had noted that in September, Mastercard spending pulse, which measured in-store and online retail sales across all forms of pay- payment, said it anticipated U.S. retail sales, excluding automotive, to grow th- grow 3.7% during the holiday season, running November 1st to December 24th. Of course, they clarified that Black Friday refers to the day after U.S. Thanksgiving where retail sales are traditionally strong. Now, they also know that e-commerce sales on that Friday increased by 8.5% year over year as consumers shop for deals online, while in-store sales increased by a mere 1.1%, which kind of correlates to the small sample size poll I posted on LinkedIn. Now, that was a sample size given the people who are in my network. Most of the people are in technology, usually sales, executives in IT positions, but of the poll that I ran, when I asked people if they're going to spend money on Black Friday or Cyber Monday or other, of the about 50 people who responded to the poll, so again, very small sample size, over 80% of them said online or other. Very few actually said they're going to go to a brick and mortar on Black Friday. Now, they also know that U.S. shoppers spent $9.8 billion during Black Friday this year, and that data is according from Adobe Analytics which was in line with expectations of the data with insights from Adobe. Adobe. So it'll be interesting to see, anecdotally speaking, most of the people that I spoke to, they didn't want to go to the brick and mortar, partially because of the hassle and partially because of the inconvenience. Once you even get there, because you have to pay for you know fuel, tolls, or obviously gasoline is also taxed heavily. It's one of those instances where you have to put up a lot of effort, and then once you get to the store, they may or may not have what you want in stock. I'm not too surprised that we're seeing more and more of a shift to e-commerce. Now, I'm actually pretty surprised, uh, anecdotally speaking, about some of the deals. Some are just straight up ridiculously nothing. They literally just replace the sign at the store that says Black Friday, and the price point is the same. Let me know if you want. I, there's a couple of stores that are going viral because of that. I might do a further expose or review on that. But it'll be interesting to see how many people continue to spend Q4, which traditionally, that's when a lot of retail, especially those businesses, really flourish 
during the fourth quarter of the calendar year. That's why so many of them coincide with that being their fiscal year as well, or one of the reasons that, at least. Now, let me know in the comments, did you go all crazy shopping Black Friday, or did you prefer a Cyber Monday sale? Be fast to hear what you have to say. Other interesting businesses, you have Dodge Ram 1500 killing the V8. Also known as the one of the worst ideas, not in history, perhaps this calendar year though, certainly. Now, as well as instances where truck culture is a fascinating phenomenon in and of itself. Back when I was in the automotive community a year, lifetime ago actually, it seems like, as well as instances where you could talk to the end user or the customer about, you know, here's the greatest feature, here's the best, here's you know, the extra horsepower, the extra fuel economy, the extra towing capacity. Let's be honest, no one cares about fuel economy with a truck, it's meant to tow things. But one of the biggest allures and one of the biggest driving reasons they purchased it is because their grandpa had the same brand, same model, and for most trucks, the 1500 is kind of the entry level full-size truck. That's why pretty much, they're all named kind of the same. You have the Chevy Silverado, 1500 they also have the GMC Sierra which is same thing different badges and different customers incidentally enough which is why they kept the GMC brand around at General Motors and then you also have Ford they some might say they got lazy but they just had the Ford F-150 instead of having a 1500 and for the longest time interestingly enough they actually started off as being a economical cheap farm vehicle and now we have these trucks that are costing more than a house and traditionally, the best trucks, well, I'll still contend to this day, they have a V8, also known as eight cylinders of, per, per, of uh, per, uh, perfection. Again, I'm not a doctor, but if you click subscribe, it could cure the stuttering. And believe it or not, I do actually attempt multiple takes for some of these, believe it or not. Now, it's one of those instances where with the V8, now, I'd rather have an engine that's larger and works doesn't have to work as hard as opposed to having a V6, so having less cylinders, but it's having to work harder to actually achieve the same results. That's why so many people actually start to look at other vehicles when Toyota, they had their bulletproof Tundra, which is a great truck. I mean, historically speaking, great V8, a lot of towing capacity, well, fair amount of towing capacity, let's be honest, but extremely Toyota reliability. And then in recent years, they actually went to a V6, I believe it's a twin turbo, which again, smaller engine is going to have to work harder, which we'll see as the data starts to come to fruition, but I believe will not be good for them right long-term for the reliability of Toyota. Now, traditionally in terms of pickup trucks though, historically a majority of the market is dominated by the big three. Now the big three is called the big three because they used to be the OG or the, the best as youth might say. And it was Ford, General Motors, as well as Chrysler. There was a time when they made the best vehicles on the planet. They had a majority of the market share. And famously, they're all headquartered in the Detroit area with Ford famously being headquartered in Dearborn, Michigan, General Motors being downtown Detroit, and Chrysler somewhere, I forget. Now, interestingly enough, they specify that the Ram 1500 in 2025 will only, the only drivetrain available, two trains for the new Hurricane. Oh, uh, I don't know what hurts more, my eyes trying to read this or my tongue trying to say it out loud. But I will power through this news of the Ram truck, pickup truck update. The options are going to be an inline six and an electrified version with a 3.6 liter Pentastar. So there's no Hemi, which is what built Chrysler Plymouth. It, it's what really built the brand of Chrysler was the good old Hemi, the hemispherical head. I mean, it was a marketing genius. And I was going to say, you could, if you're hanging out with the guys in the garage, you could debate for it in eons talking about the efficiencies of the trade-offs of how much of a difference it made. Personally, I think it's a brilliant marketing campaign because again, Hemi, and again, there's only one brand that can use that name. It's, it's a very brilliant marketing move and I believe also from an engineering perspective as well. Now, they say the Hemi is gone. Now, they also continue to say that the new Hurricane engines, which I guess they don't get an F- for marketing. The Hurricane does sound moderately interesting for a name of an engine. I guess I don't have too much to brag about. Honda calls their engine in my car, Earth Dreams. Again, I'm available for consulting for marketing folks. Or I should start, that should be my next startup because some of these companies do need some help. Now, they noted that the standard version of the new turbocharged six cylinder puts out 420 horsepower and 469 foot-pounds of torque. A high output version is capable of 540 horsepower and 521 foot-pounds of torque. For reference, the current 5.7 liter e-torque Hemi produces 395 horsepower and 410 foot-pounds of torque. 
The maximum towing out of the new out of the box for the new truck will be 11,580 pounds, with the maximum payload of 2,300 pounds. That will likely be the rating for the 540 horsepower trim for the 1500. The current Rams 1500 towing max is 11,300 pounds, and a payload load of 1,790 pounds. They also noted that the 700 plus horsepower TRX is also dead, and it will be replaced by a very similar truck called the Ram 1500 RHO, which stands for Ram High Output. It's effectively a TRX minus the V8 with big tires, long sus travel suspension, widening fenders, and they also say the chance of the TRX's eventual return is also unknown. Now they know that the Stellantis V8 isn't completely dead, Although it's not likely to be offered to the new Charger or the full-size Ram, the engine engines like the 3.4 liter V8 are still safe and sound in the Ram 2500. And they're also speculating that other brands, similarly General Motors, may start to have a lower or a smaller engine for the 1500 series. For now, the V8 half-ton is still around in the form of the F-150 as well as the Chevy Silverado 1500. And of course, the GMC Sierra, which same thing as Chevy Silverado, same, same factory, different badges, a debate for another time, perhaps. So it'll be interesting to see, again, the engines are going to have to work harder. And don't get me wrong, we just talked about, statistically speaking, the output numbers, in most of the respects, are better. They're greater. Now, my concern, granted, I'm someone who buys, well, I say buys, I don't buy a lot of cars. I try to buy one car and drive it. Darn near forever get a good ROI, which is why I have a Honda Civic SI with a stick shift, as all vehicles should have a stick shift by default. My concern is I'd really have a truck with a bigger engine that doesn't have to work as hard to do the same thing. And also with the hybrid, again, personally, I would never want a hybrid for a truck, especially because, again, cars on average are less reliable than they used to be, partially because we've put so much technology into them. There's so much more failure points. But I want something that'll last, you know, a couple million miles, preferably probably... I think Dodge was the last company to offer a full-size pickup with a stick shift. So good old Dodge with a diesel engine and a stick shift. It's hard to beat, but again, they don't make it anymore, so it'd have to go use. It's another debate for another time, but for all the petrol heads and all the truck owners who really prefer a good old V8, the brand will help out a lot in terms of you will probably lose a fair amount of customers to other brands, you know, GM and Ford, because they want that bigger engine. But because people are so brand loyal, especially in trucks, to the actual brand that they've known throughout the years, I suspect this will actually just increase the sales of the more pro the bigger engines and probably the more profitable Dodge Ram 2500, which they said will have a V8. So this could be yet another reason or yet another way that we're seeing a lot of these automotive companies get rid of the entry-level vehicles or in some ways make them so deplorably unbearable no one would actually want them, so they naturally go up to the higher-level trim level, higher-level vehicle. So there could be a reverse form of anchoring, as sales reps might say. Let me know what type of effects you think this will have on industry. I'd be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Now going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Bud Light Backyard Kentucky YouTube video getting less than 200 views on the YouTube. Now when we go to the actual vehicle, and friendly reminder to take the time to subscribe and like this video, I am confident we can get more likes for this video than the actual video that Bud Light put out. Now, Bud Light, this got specifically at the time of this recording, this is called Bud Light Backyard, Co Backyard College Tour, Kentucky. He got 168 views. This is posted over 11, about 11 days ago. Not to brag, but one of my videos last week got 300 views. Humble brag. Some might say we're twice as good as Bud Light. Although, now that I think about it, the bar for that is so low, it's hard to think of anything that isn't better than twice as good as Bud Light. But nevertheless, it is a, an achievement in and of itself, perhaps, from a certain point of view. Now, again, it got 168 views. It got two likes. And I'm confident. Again, I'm not a, I'm, when it comes to gambling, I mostly invest in myself and my businesses and my people. But if I were a gambling man, I'm confident that we can get more than two likes on this video. So if you can click that like button, I would especially appreciate it because, gosh darn it, I think we are better than Bud Light. But that's just my three cents, which incidentally is worth more than a cup of Bud Light beer. Now, going to this video, we'll play it. It's pretty quick. It's about 35 seconds long. And you'll, you'll notice a couple things. And again, if you do have suggestions for picture-in-picture -picture software recording technologies, greatly appreciate your feedback. I've tested out a couple 
So that means some technical issues with the camera working with the software. Probably when things wind down close to Christmas, I'll increase the allocation that I have towards researching the time for that. Um, actually, take that, reverse it, time for researching, nevertheless. But if you have comments, I'd greatly appreciate it. And I'm open to having a paid version. I'm using open source OBS software right now, but always looking to improve the show and the show quality. So that being said, I'll go ahead and play the video really quick. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First thing off the bat, you've got high energetic music and college students. Wait a minute. But we were told by Bud Light, Alyssa Hydershaw, the brilliant marketing, she, she was very proud about the fact that she was gonna change the brand and she said it was too fratty. Interesting. And they got college. Oh, well, I was going to say, we're only two seconds in and the music is abhorrent to say the least. But another issue with this, we're not seeing the myriad of diversity in here. Seeing a lot of white folks as, I was going to say, I don't know if the youth use that as a term these days, but some people use it as a term. And that's another issue that we were told is a big issue with the brand. Let's, let's keep going. Cultural appropriation. They're wearing a Texas hat? How dare they? That's our thing. Kidding. Kind of. God, that music is terrible. They're handing out, handing out Bud Light koozies and aluminum Bud Light cans with what I assume is their local university's logo. I still have not seen a single pride flag in the, ugh, can't speak today. However, if you click subscribe, it could assist with my speaking ineptitudes and help with my enunciation. It's not 100% guarantee there are very few things in life that are. However, it could very well assist. Just saying it can't hurt to try. Then the final font is the Bud Light Backyard College Tour. Which again, we'll play the last couple seconds. Maybe we'll be surprised by something interesting at the end of the video, of this video. Now, interesting. Very little diversity, not a single drag show performer or a gay pride flag, which when we look at Bud Light's marketing allocation, past I'm George Kittle. Oh, apologize for that little, these videos, Bud Light. Stop those videos, Bud Light, we've had enough. But it's one of the instances where they've spent a lot of marketing dollars sponsoring those types of um, children-friendly drag shows, which I use in quotations marks because I don't think that's a real thing because so many of them are just pure sexual performance with very little clothes on, which anyone with a modicum of intelligence would say, no, that is not child-friendly. Now, this is kind of like their old commercials years ago. So let's go in the comments. And believe it or not, there are comments on this video Though I believe we could beat them in that metric as well. So again, I suspect this video has 168 views, two likes. I can't help but think we'll beat them in that regard. And they have four comments. So let's go to the comments. So let's see, I uh, wonder what the odds are. Are they good, happy, sad? Dive and find out. Someone by the name of Magmus Ritchie 4766. Interesting name. Gentleman says, Community College of Kentucky, unquote. No likes on that comment. I don't know if that's if they're accurate or not. What's UK? I thought it would be University of Kentucky. They're forcing me to look up Sports Ball's logo. Okay. UK. The Kentucky Wildcats. So is that, who are they? Kentucky Wildcats, University of Kentucky. So I don't think it's a community one. Nevertheless, it is a university in Kentucky. Look, let's see here. Someone by the name of VTown5630 simply has an emoji of a someone throwing up. Well, actually, one sick emoji and two throwing up emojis, which I would say A plus for accuracy, say that is what inevitably seems to happen when people ingest Bud Light. It is not recommended for your health or your taste buds. Now, someone by the name of Leah Bush 2608 says, quote, who are they, unquote, getting 11 likes, which is a throwback reference to 
but like brilliantly hiring the trans activist Dylan Mulvaney as their brand ambassador and paying this person $185,000, which, geez Louise, talk about a negative ROI. Q2 alone, Bud Light lost $400 million in sales. That is perhaps the most negative ROI in history. I can't think of anything worse than that, historically speaking. Let me know in the comments if you can think of anything else. That comment, who are they, got 11 likes. Sean Brownstone says, quote, looks a little too fratty. You know the customer base your VP, Alyssa Hydershot, said you want to get away from. That got two likes. And that's it. Again, Bud Light used to be one of the most beloved brands in America. And it's almost unfathomable. They got under 200 views. And they have a lot of subscribers. They have 170 or 197,000 subscribers. They got over that hump of 100,000 subscribers. That's that's pretty decent. Not for a global brand like that. However, if you click the subscribe button down there, we could get there close enough or soon enough, perhaps. Time shall tell. But as Bud Light continues to attempt to have a comeback for their marketing, I can't help but think the cultural shift is not going to accept their apologies or accept their new marketing because authenticity is one of the most difficult things to generate as a brand or even as a person. And once you lose it, it's not like you could just fix it in a New York minute. It takes sometimes a lifetime to regain those customers, if ever. Now, let me know in the comments. Do you think they'll regain those customers that they've alienated so brilliantly? That's using the word brilliantly in a sarcastic tone, obviously. It'll be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Other interesting cultural news. We have video game Assassin's Creed inserting full screen mid-game pop-up advertisements and the fans revolt. Now... Of course, in pure publicist mode, but moderately intended as I believe they're also a video game publisher in addition to being the game, because I think the parent company is Ubisoft? It is. Okay, so Assassin's Creed, and this comes to us thanks to Ted Litchfield at PCGamer.com, they know that the players having their games interrupted by full on-screen pop-up ads, but Ubisoft says it was a quote-unquote technical error, which... And I don't think anyone is dumb enough to actually believe that. It, it seems to be similar to Bud Light when Bud Light said, oh yeah, we only hired Dylan Mulvaney for, we, we only gave this person a can, it wasn't a campaign. And then, thanks because the investigative reporting for Steven Crowder and his mug club, well, we found out last week that, oh no, here's a line item, they paid this person. This is a huge initi marketing initiative. It wasn't just a simple one-off production of a can. It was much more, it's going to be a whole campaign. So, as we know, in Newspeak, or in this technical error, yeah, I don't think so. And they did claim that they quickly patched the error as well. And they also noted that this is the first time it's happened to Assassin's Creed. And I don't normally defend manufacturers who do these types of crap, because I hate it. I'll simply try to explain the economics and the business perspective of the video game industry, which has been historically problematic. Now, with Assassin's Creed, I've, in full transparency, I've never played it. Most, I think the most modern game I ever played was Fallout 3 back in college, which was a brilliant piece of, I would say, engineering and artistic work by the Bethesda Company, which is now subsequently owned by Microsoft. But so those instances where my whole lifetime, and this may age me, but for decades, the price point for a video game was overwhelmingly $59.99. It was always, being a kid, I would round up, because I, I know the government's always going to steal. I mean, you know, charge sales tax. So it's one of those instances where it was always $60 for a video game. That's just a thought in your side of your head. Now, granted, sales tax, depending on where you live, usually uh, Texas is 8.25%, so round up. But nevertheless, the idea for most people that was accept for estimate was $60. It's been that way for decades. Now, thanks to the government, we have ridiculous inflation in the United States. It's almost getting to the point of Venezuela. Knock on wood, it won't, you know, it won't get that bad. I don't have much faith in our government to say the least, so who knows might. But it's one of those instances where the price point has not really moved. So these video games, they're actually making less money year over year because money is worth less and less every year. And for a long time, these video game companies were taking a loss. And I shouldn't say they're taking a loss in terms of going negative on the actual video game, but they were not making as much money. And these games have gotten to become billion-dollar blockbusters. Look at the Rockstar manufacturer. Not the drink company, but the video game manufacturer more accurately coined developer and architectural designer. But, I mean, Grand Theft Auto is a billion-dollar game. In revenue and their costs throughout the manufacture of all the games they made, I mean, you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars to make those games. It's a huge risk and subsequently a huge reward. But the price point is always $60 per game. 
Now, they've combated this, I think it's been an overcorrection. The first thing that they've been doing historically, which really went viral, now every company seems to do it, is microtransactions. And this one's annoying things where depending on the video game difficulties and your skill sets, it's become a pay to play. So in order to realistically accomplish the game without putting in a ridiculously high amount of time, you have to pay for extra skill sets or features or some other thing, I can't remember the funny third thing, but you have to pay to play. And then you also have things like loot boxes, which is, in my opinion, just gambling for kids. If you're an adult, you put your money towards that. I'm not saying that in a pejorative way, but just go to a casino because, well, at least there's a small chance you could win money. With loot boxes, you're literally paying to gamble in a video game and you get a piece of intangible software, like a skin on a Call of Duty gun, which that is just a gun with an extra layer of graphics where they make it look like, I think you get a gold, when I was back in my day with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, if you hit an achievement by working and achieving goals in the game, you get like a gold-plated AK-47 or AK or AR-15 or something like that. But so those instances where nowadays you can get like a myriad of different uh, skins and camouflage. And I understand for some people that's an appeal, but that's another revenue stream in addition to the $60 price point. And one of the most perverse things I can think of is putting an advertisement that pops up in the middle of the game. And, I understand it's self-serving. It looks like they were advertising their own thing, but imagine paying 60 bucks for a video game, you load it up on your computer, or realistically you just play online, and you're in the middle of an action scene or whatever you're doing in that game, and a big pop-up comes up. I would be irate, which is partially why most of the games I own are all cartridge-based. There's also 0% load time, just plug the sucker in. You do occasionally have to blow the cartridge a little bit, but more often than not, you don't have to wait for, oh, I was gonna say, there's definitely no updates. There might be a bug, but you kind of just live with it. Now, again, going back to the actual article, they said it was first reported by Rock, Paper, Shotgun, which is a cast of players of older Assassin's Creed games like Origins, uh, Odyssey, Valhalla, encountered Black Friday and pop-up for the latest entry, Assassin's Creed Mirage, while trying to access in-game menus. Ubisoft has since stated that the ads appear due to technical error. Video game, videos, Demonstrating the issue show a full pop-up screen touting a 20% off Black Friday coupon from Raj, which prompted to dismiss the ad or buy now. Even more annoying. Just buy it right now. I'm actually surprised they actually just to charge you in order to close this ad, you have to pay 20 cents or something like that. That'll be the next iteration of this, I would say, this destruction of video games where they just become so unplayable because of all the problems you've just been mentioning. Now, it'll be going on to, let's see here. Looks like on Reddit, it's also reported with most of the comments saying this is unbearable. Pinewalk1 says, quote, yes, this kind of shit is considered unbearable, getting 1.1 thousand upvotes. Laughing Man says, quote, that's a Ubisoft pop-up, not an Xbox, not an Xbox One before people started riled up. The Xbox is forcing ads in the middle of games. The loading icon and appearance of the A and B button are the same as the UI for the game. I got 679 upvotes. Snot Track said, quote, Of course, it's Ubisoft, the same game who added Grind to their games and then DLC to Lesson Said Grind, unquote. That is 296 upvotes, DLC being downloadable content, which, as we mentioned earlier, was basically pay for play. You need to have that extra ability, or you could just do the same boring, what do you call it, rudimentary task for 25 hours or whatever it is to achieve that same result. Uh, Hammer Hawker says, is this real? If it is, F Ubisoft. I'm quoting 86 likes. Balcora says, quote, nice Ubisoft. Classy as always. I'm quoting 157 likes. Again, Dallas McDickin says, quote, uninstall immediately. Getting 50, no, 42 likes. And this publisher has had issues in the past with overpromising and under-delivering microtransactions. And it's actually fascinating. They're still somehow independently owned, I believe. Let me double check that really quick. Who owns Ubisoft these days? There's been so much consolidation in the video game industry, well, in the IT industry in the past 24 months especially. I mean, Bethesda's now with Microsoft. Activision Blizzard just got greenlit, so they're owned by Microsoft. Let's see here. Who owns? Because I think it almost is the trifecta. You've got Ubisoft, EA Games, and nowadays Microsoft for the majors. Let me know if, you, if I'm forgetting one. Let's see, the Gullet family and Tencent collectively own 25% of Ubisoft, 29% of the voting rights. Oh, let's, yeah, it looks like they're 
Still independently owned, all public traded, headquartered over in France. So it'll be interesting to see, I mean, how many times, and again, it's also an issue where just like auto manufacturers are charging 50 to $100,000 market adjustment on vehicles. Well, it's one of those instances where they're gonna keep doing that until people stop paying for it. So it's not ideal that so many people love this particular intellectual property known as Assassin's Creed, but if they're just stop buying it completely, eventually the company will stop doing that. I mean, these businesses are reacting because of the incentive structure. And they've listened thus far, so they took down the ads. But let me know in the comments, do you think it's possible to shift the indie video game industry to the effect where you just say, hey, I understand the cost of video games have gone up. I'm willing to pay the price point of $100 per game, but no downloadable content, no pay to play, none of that stuff. Just give me the whole product. Do you think that's no loot boxes? No just the product. Do you think that's possible these days? It would certainly think it would be less overall streams. I kind of think of downloadable content and all that kind of stuff, kind of like baggage fees or airlines. None of them did it. And all of a sudden, I believe it's Spirit, but one airline started to do it. And now it's worth over $4 billion every year in airline fees for baggage fees. Same thing for video games. Now a lot of companies did it, then one. Now they get billions in revenue because of it. So I don't see them realistically shifting away but perhaps there's a sliver of little hope, maybe they will. I think the odds are infinitesimally small, but from a consumer perspective, and I know some people don't care about this stuff. Some people, they just keep playing, they don't mind microtransactions, it's their hobby, they're willing to pay more for the little loot boxes or whatever. But to me, that's just too much, and I'd rather just have an old cartridge on the Nintendo 64 and slap it in there, turn it on, and call it a day. But that's just my three cents. Each to be two cents, but 40 year hyperinflation gotta be three cents. Should be four cents, but I'm a generous man, just three cents. However, if you click subscribe, that'd be worth it more. I'd really appreciate it. Now, going over to the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek Ramaswamy highlighting Mitt Romney, saying he would vote for anyone except Donald Trump or Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, interestingly enough, this almost is like a de facto endorsement for a lot of people who have a disdain for Mitt Romney. Now, Vivek on the Twitter, or as 18 people call it, the X, he said, quote, not surprising, and then... He has a video where the video is from a Twitter person by the name of Go Vivek Go. And it says, quote, Mitt Romney stating that he would support anybody running in the Republican primary except for Donald Trump or Vivek Ramaswamy and would turn to support a number of Democrats if either were to get the Republican nominee. It's just, an endorse, just the endorsement Vivek needs, unquote, hashtag rebel scum with the arrow pointing down to Mitt Romney. And this has gone viral, as a youth might say. It got 2.2 million views and 26,000 likes. One of his most liked comments or posts on Twitter in probably four to eight weeks. This is pretty impressive for the number of likes. Not to brag, but last time I was on Twitter, I got three likes for my IT security event. Well, let's be honest, I think they were two likes. But nevertheless, they do exist. And without further ado, I'll go ahead and play the video. Who do you like in the Republican field? Uh, anybody. Um, you know, I, I would, uh, I'd be happy to support virtually any one of the Republicans, maybe not Vivek, but, uh, but the others that are running would, would be acceptable to me and I'd be happy to vote for them. I'd be happy to vote for a number of the Democrats too. I mean, it would be an upgrade from, in my opinion, from, uh, Donald Trump and, and perhaps also from, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, look, I like President Biden. Um, you know, I, I find him a very charming engaging person. There's some places I agree with him, but most places I disagree with him. Uh, I think he's made all sorts of terrible mistakes, but uh, I would like to see someone else run. Who do you want? <laughs> they, again, Romney is perhaps one of the most famous rhinos in history. Rhino being a pejorative term known as Republican in name only because technically he's a Republican, but a lot of the policies and the people he supports are, they're Democrats. Now, again, Actually, interestingly enough, I don't know who was really a fan of Mitt Romney. He did run for president years ago. Obviously, he failed so bad, and famously, Obama beat him. Now, again, we've got 2.2 million views and 26,000 likes. I can't help but think most of the comments are going to be overwhelmingly supportive because, Lord knows, I don't think I've ever met... I, I don't think I've ever met someone who loved Mitt Romney. Even when I was in college and Mitt Romney was running, I knew people who... We're voting for him because he's a Republican nominee. 
And from a business perspective, I believe he owns Bain Capital, which historically, let me see here, has turned around a couple companies, although that's kind of a point of contention with some people because it's private equity and they usually have to trim the companies to decrease the expenses for long-term profitability. Well, let me see here. I wonder if he still owns them. Uh, business career, Mitt Romney, graduated business school in 1975. Who runs Game Capital? So Bank Capital currently headed by John Cohegan, uh, Conahugan, which I was going to say perhaps one of my worst pronunciations to date. Uh, let's see, Romney's Bain Capital resume. So, I mean, from a business perspective, he's had some success, don't get me wrong. And it, as you say, anyone that can build a business or turn businesses around, I would definitely admire from a certain point, because again, that takes a lot of talent, skill, and you're not always gonna succeed, but it does take a certain amount of entrepreneurship to do that, which is why I'm interested. He has an entrepreneurial background, yet he still won't support Vivek, which of all the candidates who are running for the Republican nominee, Vivek is the one who has the most background in entrepreneurship, building up billion dollar companies. So one would think, well, I guess not too surprised, again, Mitt Romney's a rhino. And again, to think back to college, I know people who voted for him. But I don't know of anyone who's ever been excited about voting for him, who's like, I like him because of these policies. I think he's great. I Let me know in the comments, Have you? that would be, it might be the Chris Christie effect where Somehow there are people voting for him, but you never actually meet them. Like, I know people, and it's fascinating to look on Facebook, you see people who love Trump, who love Biden. There are people who love those guys. But like, Mitt Romney, like, really? But nevertheless, let's dive in the comments and see. And I was going to say, as you can tell, I clearly don't have someone doing wardrobe or hair for me because I have to fix my hair every 18 seconds today. As the show grows, though, someday, perhaps, I'll have someone with a... A little bit of talent and actually fix my hair up a little bit. Perhaps. Time shall tell. If you subscribe, it can surely help in the long term. The first comment comes from Mr. Proud Patriot saying, quote, The anger for Trump is real. Must mean he's doing something right. Unquote. Laffy emoji and heart emoji. Got 206 likes. Adam Kringer says, quote, This is a huge endorsement. Congrats, Vivek. Unquote. Getting 773 likes. BT Cosmet Moliton? No, no, no. BT Cosmonaut. Not great spelling with that one, but nevertheless, this attempted spelling says, quote, Mint just gave you a huge boost in the polls, unquote. Getting 278 likes. Tangent369 says, quote, Mint is very consistent in his support of the deep state, getting 455 likes. The redheaded libertarian who, I guess an A plus for marketing, she is in fact redheaded in her profile picture and is libertarian. She says, quote, I can't think of a better endorsement, unquote, getting 484 likes. Elijah says, quote, how much influence or clout does Mitt have? Absolutely zero, unquote, getting 83 likes. Juan Valverde says, quote, his family lives in a ranch in Mexico practicing polygamy. Of course he endorses Democrats, unquote, getting 49 likes. Let's see here. And Neo Older says, quote, surprised he found someone interested in inter interviewing him. Yawn. Game 41 likes. AZ Anderson say, saying, quote, the Trump debate ticket would really get Mitt Romney's goat. Excellent. Game 61 likes. Let's see here. A lot of people saying he's beyond relevant. He doesn't matter. Those are game between one and eight likes. Another one saying Holden Con Contra says, quote, that's quite the endorsement, getting 49 likes. Stephen Hardy says, quote, the only reason people would hate Vivek is because they don't want freedom, unquote, getting 57 likes. TJ Moe says, quote, wear it as a badge of honor. If that guy supports you, you're likely sold out the American people, unquote. Got 93 likes. ATX Irish Gal says, quote, F Mitt. He's a loser, twice presidential candidate, unquote, gained 56 likes. A lot of people saying you're on the right track if Mitt Romney doesn't like you. A lot of people saying it's going to boost Vivek in the polls. Yeah, in terms of percentage of people who are agreeing with Vivek, this is probably one of the most popular ones. 
Let's see here. High praise in my book. This sums up the Uniparty machine. Ne uh, Casey Allen says Neocon getting four likes. In reference to Mitt Romney, I would suspect. Thomas says, interesting enough, quote, Romney became a bitter old man after he lost to Obama. Republican polls showed he was ahead. He blames the Republican Party for his loss and has been undermining it ever since. Unquote, getting six likes. And given his actions, I don't think that's not, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I'll say that much. So as the youth might say, this certainly went viral and this is perhaps one of the top well-received posts Vivek has ever done. If I were him, I'd use this in all of his campaign materials. Because again, it's a lot of people are going to see this as an, <laughs> interesting enough as a not a, this anti-endorsement is actually a huge positive thing. Because again, show me a Mitt Romney fan. I'm not saying I'd buy that person a drink, but I'd be fascinated here. You, you exist? I I I thought it was a rumor, really. But nevertheless, I do think this will positively impact the polls for Vivek and. Again, the real question is, what's going to get him over that hump where he's kind of steady, Nikki Haley's ahead of him, and not all, but in the poll aggregator, she's ahead by about four to eight points. And then DeSantis, he keeps shooting himself in the foot with a 50 cal, or more realistically, DeSantis keeps shooting himself in the boots, or the high heels with the 50 cal, as he's down, he started at 30%, now he's around 13, 12.6%. So again, Vivek, he, I think this is going to help him out. And he needs a couple more of these one, two, three, four, five videos where you just have more and more people saying, more and more people that historically are not very popular saying that they don't like Vivek, because there is such thing as the de facto endorsement, or an endorsement where it's actually a non-endorsement or anti-endorsement is a good thing, and I think this is one of those instances. Let me know in the comments, have you ever actually seen a Mitt Romney supporter? And if you have, I, I, just be, I, I think we almost need a picture, like I'm like, we have all these ideas of someone's, they've seen Yetis and they've seen Sasquatch, but we never seen a solid picture of it. I suspect it could be the very same instance. I'm not saying, you know, Sasquatch doesn't exist. I'm just saying your evidence is what is really needed. I'd be fascinated to see if there is real evidence. But let me know in the comments if you're here what you have to say. Other interesting political news, you have Chris Christie claiming Trump is, quote, intolerant of everyone, unquote. As Chris Christie... Chris, oh, I almost said Chris Crispy. Almost a little uh, faux pas. I was thinking about his diet being presumably Krispy Kremes. How is that an official brand endorsement by that yet is beyond me. I suspect he could save not millions of dollars, but a fair amount of money if he got an official endorsement. Now, going to his Twitter. Now, this just comes from Chris Christie's official Twitter account. And it got 157,000 views. For Chris Christie, that is pretty good. It's above average for him. And he says before his video, where of course he's on CNN, which there's a lot of speculation. He's just he's trying to get a job on CNN, which he would fit right in. I actually for his career that wouldn't be a terrible idea, given his ideological beliefs, his trends. I mean, he's not getting a Republican nominee with the current data we have now. Every poll has him at losing. Now he says, "quote Donald Trump's intolerant language and his intolerant conduct gives others permission to ask this act the same." Intolerance towards anyone encourages intolerance towards everyone. And I forget her name. Perhaps they'll say it in the description. But nevertheless, this is Chris Christie on CNN. And without further ado, I will play the clip. Well, look, when you show intolerance towards uh, everyone, which is what he does, um, you give permission as a leader uh, for others to have their intolerance come out. And so, uh, you know, intolerance towards anyone encourages intolerance towards everyone. And that's exactly what's going on here. Uh, and that's been going on for quite some time, not just. Sounds very, very emotional Democratic talking points. Again, there are certain things we should very much be intolerant of in terms of we should never tolerate thefts. If there's a thief, you should not tolerate that person. You should ideally prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law and give them the appropriate correlated court-issued punishment so they don't repeat it. Same with burglars and a myriad of other criminals. We shouldn't be tolerant of them. But it's just the emotional pull of tolerance being everything and everything is good. 
Well, no, human, human beings would die if they weren't intolerant of certain people. If we tolerated murderers, they would just be walking around everywhere. Which, incidentally, is what they're doing in Chicago and, you know, Los Angeles and, well, not Los Angeles, well, maybe Los Angeles and San Francisco. Let's just say the outlook for those areas are not good. Who could have guessed why? But nevertheless, back to the little interview here. With Donald Trump, but with university professors uh, on some of our, our, our most elite campuses in this country, with university administrators and presidents who have been unwilling to stand up against anti-Semitism uh, on their campuses, most particularly. And there should be no campus in this country where a Jewish student is afraid to leave their dorm, a Jewish student is afraid to go to their classes, a Jewish student is afraid to go to even have a meal in the dining hall. He just said something intelligent. I'll be damned. Before we know it, there might be more than one positive response in the comments. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying, I never thought this day would come. Really? Maybe he has a point? Perhaps? Uh, maybe? I'm not gambling on it, but we'll continue. I mean, that hmm. is outrageous and it's wrong. I think governors in those individual states should be sending state police to make sure that they're protected on those campuses. Um, and we need to have university presidents who are willing to stand up and be counted against hate. And that's exactly what's going on here. We saw this display also at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, these are folks who are ignorant. And when they talk about intifada, my guess is two-thirds of them don't even know what intifada is. And if they did, they'd be ashamed of themselves for calling for the uh, elimination of the Jewish people around the world, which is what intifada is. And so, you know, in the end, um, look, I think that there have been a lot of people who contributed to it. And I believe Donald Trump's intolerant language and his intolerant conduct gives others permission to act the same. What? So, of course, it's almost like, I'm trying to think of a nice way of saying, well, oh, really, really is not many nice ways of, ways of actually describing Chris Christie. It's almost like a kid is riding a tricycle for the first time. They fall and scrape a knee. They get back up. They go, all right, they're going. Johnny's riding that bike good. All right, he's making it past that one block. He's about to go to the corner. Oh, and he, he just fell. And yeah, it was, no, you're not supposed to laugh, of course, but. This child has to, happens to be morbidly obese, and they've actually bounced off the ground back on the bike, a physics phenomenon as well. But it's one of those instances where, of course, he connects it back to Trump, which I don't know how many times people have to say this, but Trump has Jewish people in his family? But I was f always fascinated when people said, oh yeah, Trump is anti-Semitic, based on what statements? I mean, I was, my point, not point of contention, my ideal when it came to Trump in a lot of ways was, well, Historically, he's a businessman, so he wants the best man for the job. Really, most of those entrepreneurs, those CEOs, they don't care what the person looks like or their allegiance or the demographics. Who's going to create the best return on investment for the business and for the customers that you're serving? Now, nevertheless, we'll go back to the comments. We'll see, is this another fascinating mathematical phenomenon in which we have the Chris Christie effect, which we did coin on this show, a phenomenon in which they have zero positive responses, which happened twice when we were reviewing Chris Christie's tweets. Which one would think he has family members, staff members, supposedly a friend or two. I mean, one would think they'd have at least one positive response, but in two separate instances, there was zero. I was shocked. We scrolled for, not hours, but it took a couple minutes to go all the way down. Now, I suspect there might be one or two positive responses here. I'm not a gambling man in that regard, but let's dive in and find out. So again, it got 157,000 views and 2.4 thousand likes. So, some people did like this. Not enough for him to win the Republican primary, or maybe to go up to the polls enough, but some people liked it. So let's go on to the first comment. Let's see here. JV, one of the first comments or responses says, quote, man, it's time for you to drop out. A Republican basher, another Republican candidate that's likely to be a GOP nominee is counterproductive. You might as well run as a Democrat, unquote, getting 120 likes, which... Again, with a lot of emotional rhetoric, a lot of the verbal, a lot of the verbiage he's using, I mean, I think he actually would pull better as a Democrat. I mean, he's at under 3% in the Republican nominee for the presidential election. I, I think you get more than 3% if you were to run as a Democrat. Look at his track record, who he's befriended in politics. I mean, he's got a lot of the same policies, a lot of the same friends, but nevertheless, we'll keep going. Kevin Sisson. Wow. Oh. 
Was that? Uh, okay. Kevin Smith says, quote, so it, so this is true, then does your actions give us the right to shut down a bridge because you didn't get our way? Unquote. Getting 142 likes. Someone by the name of Bruce Saunders says, quote, you're pulling at what, 1%, unquote? And has a picture of Mel Gibson looking happy, saying me voted for Trump in 2016. And then a video or a picture of Mel Gibson from Braveheart, the one with the painted face. And it says me voting for Trump in 2024. Got 87 likes. Hmm. Someone did an AI-generated picture of Chris Christie without a shirt on eating copious, well, for you and I, be copious amounts of food. For him, it's just breakfast. And it says, quote, what you talking about slim, unquote. It got 81 likes. Walter Wright says, quote, turn up the sound and you can hear Crispy Christine getting fatter, unquote, getting 40 likes. Which I do wonder, could we ever have an obese president? Do people, is the perception that this person just doesn't have control of their life, therefore they can't have control of someone else? And don't get me wrong, there are certain health side effects from medications, as well as the certain people who have health issues where they are more prone to be overweight. I know genetics is a a thing to a certain extent. However, with diet and exercise, I believe you can over, overcome that. And I've, I've seen it with friends before. But let me know, do you think the American public would never vote in that regard? I mean, most of the presidents we've had historically were uh, certainly not in shape because they're so old and frail. They might just uh, meet their demise by trying to tie a shoe. But they've mostly been moderately slim. Let me know in the comments. Have you passed in here what your thoughts are in that regard? You have Emily Vicale saying, quote, you love Trump, unquote, getting 48 likes. Lori Boxer says, quote, you're more desperate and pathetic with each passing day, unquote, getting 68 likes. Dylan Sanders says, quote, you have no right to talk if you're less than 2% of the polls, getting 30, po 30 likes. Now, in full transparency, last time I checked in the poll aggregator, he's about 2.6%. So by this person's logic, he does have a right to speak, granted, maybe not the, the, you know, the most, but nevertheless. Let's see. Dan Hill says, quote, you know when a Republican candidate is finished is when he is reduced to going on CNN and saying that CNN wants him to say, Krispy Kreme Christie is finished, unquote, getting 56 likes. Ken Ard says, quote, never seen a candidate pulling at 3 to 5% getting such media coverage. Good thing Republican voters don't believe in the media. Not a sense. Unquote, getting 86 likes. The contrarian trader says, quote, you're pathetic, unquote, getting 80 likes. Don Deal Don says, quote, lives rent-free in that noggin, unquote, gains 73 likes. Which, again, I, Chris Christie, there are certain people in the Republican Party who will vote for him because he's an anti-Trumper, because there are some people in the Republican Party who don't like Trump. I, Again, with all the data we have right now, that percentage isn't big enough to get the Republican nominee, yet alone win as United States president. Because, again, if you hate Trump, more likely or not, you, I think historically, when it comes to the actual election, you're either going to vote for Democrat or not vote at all. And there are some people who are that mindset, but again, I don't think it's not for Chris Christie actually rolling across the finish line. Let's see. A lot of people mentioning his weight, uh, telling him to go in the trash. A lot of people saying he's lying. Someone actually did a picture of Chris Christie throwing a baseball and putting him on a box of Twinkies, which, I mean, that wouldn't be the most inaccurate brand endorsement. I mean, I actually would give Twinkies like honest credit if they were to put that on the box so you know like what you're getting into. I mean, it's certainly not a health brand by any means, but that'd be kind of hilarious. Well, um, it'd be of ADHD today. What if you had an instance where by law or policy, in terms of representing a brand, you could only advertise with the core demographic that buys your product. So like historically speaking, if you were to sell Mountain Dew and your PepsiCo, which owns them, you'd have to have a picture of a gamer on the bottle of Mountain Dew or someone playing video games. Or for Bud Light, someone dancing half naked at a Pride event, which they sponsor and probably sponsor. Or like Twinkies, you have someone quite large like Chris Christie attempting to, now it is unrealistic because he's attempting to throw a baseball. I know that did happen in real life, but it is certainly is not a athletic brand. But nevertheless, let me know that. It certainly sounds like it'd be a good comic sketch. Let's see. A lot of people saying mute his profile. I, again, I don't know what show Chris Christie was on, but there's some show where he ate a donut, which, again, eating in general is an 
on TV is an awkward, weird thing. Like, kind of like taking a snapshot or a screenshot of a YouTube video to try to get a thumbnail. There's so many awkward, just when you're talking, it's just hard to look natural or not ridiculous. That's why it's so comical to see some of these people. I mean, even when I'm doing like a screenshot of this, when it's Chris Christie, they only stand there and sit like respectable, like with a, um, like a pose, like a second or two. And sometimes it's not easy to get that, also less entertaining. But someone, I don't know whose publicist this is, but they allowed him to eat a donut in public. And I say that because there are multiple of these videos and responses gained between 7 and 40 likes. And it's the gif of Chris Christie just eating a donut. And you could see his chins. It's not a good look. So again, I don't know whose publicist is or how inebriated they may be to actually do anything of a job. But yeah, that does not look good. Again, multiple of those videos are in this feed. Uh, let's see. Let's see. A lot of people asking about the bridge in New Jersey. A lot of people calling him White Lizzo. It's it has been tr not been trending in a while, but Newhouse Eric says White Lizzo still in the race. I'm cooking four likes. <laughs> Someone by the name of Based AF says. I don't know if this is real or AI generated, but it's just some girl pointing and says, you are fat. That got four likes. Dude, I mean, this might be another Chris Christie effect. Wait, no. Where there's zero positive responses. I'm We're going to keep scrolling. This might be the phenomenon number three. Maybe. Let's keep going. Uh, a lot of people are referencing donuts. Some people straight up... Writing books. Now, this only got two likes, but someone started off by saying, You, sir, are a disgraced human being who has one outcome in life to intimidate or destroy by lies or mistruths, and they can go on for quite some time. Uh, let's see here. A lot of people saying you'll be exiting the race soon. Sexual R's says, quote, When exactly did Jersey Tough become Christy turning in such a fruitcake? Unquote, getting 15 likes. A lot of people saying, hey, 3%er, stop wasting our time, getting 10 likes. Let's see here. A lot of people... Was it Austin Powers? There's some movie where they had the fat bastard as like a main character. And a lot of people are putting that in the comments section. Let's see. Oh. Let's see. It did not achieve the Chris Christie effect. I'm sorry. I know some people in the comments are probably excited to think this might be the third time, but there appears to be a real person responding positively to Chris Christie. I know mathematically it's very, very small, but someone by the name of Valerie Scott simply says, agreed, and she got one like. Now, because this is so rare, I think it's worth investigating. Look at her profile. Of course, she's from San Francisco, California, posing in front of bullshit known as modern art which takes no talent at all in 99.99998% of the time I am one of those people where I actually I do appreciate works of beautiful art back in the day the more realistic uh, I mean there's some brilliant artists throughout history someone just throwing paint at a canvas that takes no talent that's ridiculous so of course she's in California posing by modern art and Let's see, what else does she support? God, that's stupid. She, now, thankfully, the public sector, or the, rather the uh, private sector, or the whole Twitter rewarded her moronic appropriately. So she had a picture of just literally what I was just describing, someone throwing paint on a canvas. And she says, quote, think big and make a statement. Which, again, there's some brilliant artists out there, but just throwing painted canvas randomly? Really? No, it, that not a modicum of effort was put in there. Although, for those people, it's probably more exercise than they get in a year by lifting that little paint can and throwing it at their canvas, so there's a little bit of upside for their health, I suppose. And, of course, many of her comments are... She wants to against Trump as well. So again, I, I these people do exist, and she does agree with Chris Christie. So far, he has one positive response to his original tweet. It's not zero, but it's pretty close. And I'm scrolling down. 
again, that a lot of jokes, a lot of memes, a lot of gifts against him. A lot of people referencing Krispy Kreme. Like a disproportionate amount of people. And a lot of people having memes of Trump saying living in your in your mind rent free, which is very true. It'd probably be, I mean, I can't think of maybe two instances where Chris Christie had the opportunity to speak and he did not reference Trump. I mean, that's probably as rare as having a positive comment in these sections. Not saying it didn't happen ever, but statistically speaking, very, very rare. And as I continue to scroll down, more and more, I, I think that really is. It really, really just was one. So as youth might say, Chris Christie was certainly ratioed. And again, I don't see him going up any more in the polls beyond 3%. His poll aggregator, the aggregator of all the polls that we've seen, usually has him between 2.5 and 2.8%. Even with other candidates dropping out, I'm not seeing them move towards him because DeSantis is starting to ramp up his rhetoric around not agreeing with Trump and not liking Trump and calling out Trump's faults. So people who don't like Trump, now they might be able to gravitate towards DeSantis. Which again, that's going to alienate some of the people who like Trump. Now they may go to someone else like Vivek or... It's a fascinating fluid situation. It'll be interesting to see where it all ends up at the end of the day. But in terms of Chris Christie's tweet, as youth might say, he was just ridiculously ratioed. And I don't think it's going to help his campaign get it even more than two extra points or two extra votes. 0. 0.0001 points in the polls. Now... Going on to the business blunder of the day, you have Stellantis to recall about 32,000 Jeep Wrangler hybrids due to a fire. Now, this comes to us thanks to a company, or rather a website by the name of WXYZ Detroit, which is fascinating enough that I can't imagine what their security budget is to operate in Detroit. Presumably they have armored vehicles and Kevlar as well. Not a safe place, but they just keep voting the way they want and you get what you vote for but nevertheless this comes to a reporter by the name of pull it up here well they give the credit to the person who took the picture interestingly enough i apologize to who wrote this article yeah i'm not i guess it's it's only about five paragraphs long but nevertheless they should give give him a shout out to someone nevertheless now this comes to us thanks to that website i was specifying that Automaker Stellantis noted that they will recall more than 32,000 of its Jeep hybrid Wrangler SUVs because they pose a potential fire risk. Not saying you should never buy a hybrid, but just saying there are less issues when you have less widgets and technologies in the vehicle. Just saying. Now, they noted that it was as part as the company described as a routine review of customer information. Stellantis determined that eight of the hybrid Wranglers had caught fire while they were turned off and parked. They know that six of the vehicles were being charged at when the fire started. Now, they, the good news is there's always a silver lining, or if you squint hard enough in life, you usually find some positive. And the good news is no one was hurt from this. So no one died from it. No one's been burned physically. Well, physically speaking, they've been burned because they bought a hybrid in their investment or their little uh, money they put in that vehicle is just up in flames. Pun moderately intended. Now... They also know that the recall covers models made between 2024, or sorry, 2021-2024 model years for the Wrangler 4XE SUVs. All other Wrangler models have been determined safe, safe by Stellantis, which maintains its headquarters in Auburn Hills, Michigan. They know that the SUVs affected by the recall can still be driven until they are fixed, but they recommend they being parked away from buildings and not being charged until they are repaired. The fixes involve either resetting or updating the software or replacing the vehicle's battery pack. Cha-ching! You know, the battery packs that cost more than the used car in some of these cases? Yeah, another reason I have a vehicle with an internal combustion engine and three pedals, also known as a stick shift, manual transmission, the best experience in automotive you could ever have. I can't recommend it enough. It is exhilarating to say the least. And it's one of those issues where you get a good old Wrangler with a stick shift and an internal combustion engine. Well, this recall doesn't affect you. So it is fascinating that they actually have a, a hybrid for the Jeep Wrangler to begin with. Again, I'm not saying there's no market for that. I just think it's probably pretty small percentage of sales and 
an odd thing to watch in terms of a vehicle. I know there, I believe there's rumor or even confirmed that you're going to have an EV off-road Jeep, which, again, I don't know how that's going to work out, but thankfully, they caught this in the butt in terms of no one's been hurt by it, so thankfully there's no negative news in that regard. But still, when you're trying to have a brand that's known for being tough and off-roading, to have another recall, that's got to be the business blunder of the day. Thank you everyone again for taking time to tune in today, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of November. So if you could click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, leaving a comment is a great way to give feedback so I can know how to improve the channel and make the show better and better so that everyone can have fun. Also, and lastly, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe and fight the good fight.